The other passage we'll be um, meditating on tonight is Psalm 127, and it's a passage that the Lord has had on my heart for several weeks. And as I was praying about tonight, um, the Lord brought it um, to the front again. And I'm, it's been an encouraging word to me, and I think it's going to be an encouraging word to us. It's the word that it's the Lord who builds his house. And my family, we've been thinking a lot about building this past week because my son just turned four, and for his birthday over the weekend, all he got was Legos. Lots of different types of sets of Legos, and so he's been building nonstop. And I just, I love watching him build because he builds with such focus, and he's so specific and particular about it. He'll, everything he builds has to be symmetrical, and not just in shape, but it's symmetrical in color, and he, he's so proud of it. He, he's so engrossed. He pours himself into it so much, and it's just fun to watch him build, and he'll bring it to me, and he'll show it to me, but inevitably, someone will walk through the living room and not see it and knock it over, or his sister and him won't be sharing it very well, and they'll break it apart, or He even showed it to me once, and it fell right out of his hands and broke. And he says, oh, no, my building, it's broken, it's broken. And he cries, he's so upset. I think we've all experienced that disappointment, that type of sadness, because we all build things in various ways. We all build relationships, we all build friendships and we build marriages and we build families and we build our portfolios and we build our businesses and we we build in all these different areas and we've all had that experience of building something we're proud of we've all had that experience of building something that has broken and we've all held the pieces of it in our hands and and sometimes when Finn's got one of those uh, broken buildings that he's made. He'll bring it to me. And he'll say, Daddy, I need your help. It's broken, and I can't build it. Will you build it? That's what tonight is about. It's about coming before the Father and saying, Lord, you build the house. We can't build it. You build the house. And our passages tonight bring us a word of great encouragement. They say to us that God is the one who builds. That he is building his house. We can have faith in that. That God is the builder. But it also brings us a warning. That we can build in vain. That we can waste all of our careful attention. We can waste our work. It can be in vain. It can fall down. It can be washed away. And so the Lord invites us to do what we've been doing today, to humble ourselves, to say to him, we can't build this house. We can't build this family. We can't build this relationship. We can't build this community effort. We can't build this ministry. We can't build this church. But Lord, You build the house. So as we begin to look at this passage, let's just pray to the Lord now. Lord, we just ask you 
Would you fill our imaginations with the grandeur of who you are as the master builder? And would you bring us even more in touch with our great need for you and our utter dependence on you? Amen. Well, if you look at Psalm 127, it's there in your order for worship. The first verse says, Unless the Lord builds a house, the builders labor in vain. We cannot build this. We don't have what it takes. And, and the second part of that verse, Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. We can't protect it. We can't keep what we're building safe. In verse 2, it says, In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. No matter how hard we work, no matter how much gifting or grit we bring to it, how late we stay up, how early we rise, it's not enough. We don't have enough to build the house. It is the Lord who builds. And this is something that the Lord has been trying to teach me this past year because at the beginning of the year, my family had a very specific need. We needed to hear from the Lord. We felt like he was calling us to plant a church. But we didn't know for sure, and we didn't know where, and we didn't know how. And there are so many times all along the way that I've just wanted to build it myself, and I've just tried to to build the house myself. And I've just stayed up late and gotten up early and tried to work hard and tried to, through gifting or grit, just try to build it. Don't, don't we all do that with things that we care about, things we're invested in, things we pour ourselves in, the things we're building? We just try to do it ourselves. And I've, I've tried to keep watch for things that would derail it. And it turns out that the thing that de- derails the Lord from building his house is us not relying on him. And it's us trying to do it ourselves. And it was when Prayer 100 called us, called Bonnie and I as a family, called us as a church to prayer and fasting that we started to get out of the way and we started to see God build His house. And I've talked to so many of you who've had that same experience that when you devote yourselves to prayer and fasting that you just watch God work. And I just... We've seen God work this past year, and I just want to testify to you, uh, my church, we, we've seen God work in so many ways among all of us. How has He been working in your life this year as, as you've prayed and fasted? How has He been asking you to not try to build it yourself, but to let Him build it? As Bonnie and I prayed and fasted, we saw the Lord give us passages of Scripture that inspired us and that inspired our imaginations. We saw him speak to us through other people here at the church and we saw him give dreams and arrange divine encounters. And at the beginning of the year, we didn't know if we were called to plant. We didn't know where. And and now we know. 
Because God's building his house. God's building his house here at Resurrection. He wants to build his house in each of our lives. We labor in vain when we try to build it ourselves. And, and look what his heart is for us. Not that we would try to work and try to build ourselves. Look at verse 2, how it ends. For he grants sleep to those he loves. Why is it talking about sleep? So he's saying you don't, have to, you don't have to stay up late and rise up early and build and build and build. You don't have to try to stay up all night and keep watch for your enemies because you can't build and you can't fully keep watch. You can trust. You can sleep because you can trust. We can sleep because we are the loved ones of the Lord and we can trust Him that He is building and that He will protect us. Sleeping is that recognition that we can't do it, but that He can. The Lord invites us to build with Him. He invites us to make a contribution. The Apostle Paul is really clear about that in 1 Corinthians 3. We are co-builders, and that contribution requires sacrifice, and it requires suffering. But our contribution has a limit. It comes to an end. And it comes to an end where we realize that it is God who is building. And we can rest and we can sleep because we know that it is the Lord who builds his house. We are finite, but God is infinite. And he is working. When we catch a glimpse, when we catch a glimpse in worship of who God is, his, his infinite might, the God who has created the universe and sustains it, his infinite strength, his strong and mighty arm, when we, when we see God, we're humbled and we're brought to our knees. And we have faith because he's the one who's building. We can have faith because of his might, because he goes before us. When we see God, the God who sent his son, who destroyed death and, and rose again, Jesus, the resurrected one, we can fall on our knees and say, how is it that, that you have asked us to be a part of this work of building? The one who can defeat the grave. The one who can rise again asks us to be a, a part of his building. Who are we? We can do nothing. Apart from him, we can do nothing. But in Christ, through his spirit, through his resurrection power, there is, there is nothing that is impossible. When God is building his church, when God is building his house, there is nothing that he can't do through us. God wants sleep for us. There's another, there's another thing I think he wants for us from this passage. When you read the last three verses, it talks about children. And it has that blessing. Blessed is the one whose quiver is full of them. 
I grew up, uh, grew up in a homeschooling family, and there were families we knew who had more than average amount of children, and we would call them the quiverful families. But what did, what did these three verses have to do with the first two verses? It seems like he's talking about two separate things. But this whole psalm is about, is about a house, a household. Imagine the Israelites singing this psalm as they walk. It's a psalm of ascent as they walk to Jerusalem, to the house of the Lord. And as they walk, the first two verses, they declare that it is the Lord who builds the house. It's about building. But the last three verses, it's about blessing. It's the Lord who, who blesses the house. And he blesses it with children. He blesses it with a heritage. You see, it's, it's hard for us to build something that lasts. But the Lord is building something that is everlasting. He's building a house of heaven, a house that is filled with the fruit of eternity. He's building a house with a heritage. And when the Lord builds a house with a heritage, there is nothing, nothing that can make it fall. And when the wind and the rain comes, and it always does, it always will, it can't shake it. Because the Lord has built the house, and he has built it on a rock. He's built it on the cornerstone. He's built it on Jesus Christ. It cannot be shaken. And when the Lord builds a house with a heritage, there's no enemy that can come against it. Because the Lord, the Lord who, who controls the armies of heaven will be its wall and its refuge and its guard. The Lord is building a house that will last. A house with a heritage. And as I've been praying on this passage, I, I, I just see this as a word for us here at Resurrection. The Lord wants to give us a heritage of an offspring, a blessing of offspring of spiritual children and spiritual churches. He wants to build it. And our call is to do what the man in Luke 7, the gospel passage we read, does. Our call is to dig down deep to dig deep to the foundation that is Jesus. To say, we cannot do it ourselves. There is nothing we can do to build a house with a heritage, a house with offspring of children and churches. We cannot do it. But the Lord is doing it. We can dig down deep to the foundation of Jesus, to our utter and complete radical reliance on Him. And that's what a night of of prayer and fasting is. Saying we need the Lord. We We need Jesus to speak. We cannot build a sanctuary of transformation. Transformation is not something that we have to give. There's only one who is called the resurrection and the life. And friends, Jesus is building his church and nothing will prevail against it. Don't stay up late. Don't rise early trying to do this on your own. Trust in the Lord. Rest in him. And in this season of Sabbath and preparation, dig down deep. Dig down deep into the foundation of Jesus. 
Let the houses that we try to build on our own crumble away. Let them fall down. They need to. So that we can build on the rock. It's the Lord who builds his house. And when the Lord builds a house, it is an everlasting house. It's a house with a heritage. 